This is Skills in Screencasts and Podcasts, episode number four, an interview and discussion with Lon Naylor about the benefits, the value, and the opportunities for screencasters and podcasters getting new skills and generating additional revenue. Welcome, and this is Fred Castaneda from Skills in Screencasts and Podcasts. And with me is Lon Naylor, who happens to be the Learn Camtasia guy and the, the PowerPoint video guy. And coming all the way from Star Prairie, Wisconsin, is Lon Naylor. Lon, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, Fred. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, as one of the co-hosts for this particular podcast, which is called Skills in Screencasts and Podcasts.com, we wanted to discuss with you and let our audience know that you're going to be joining us to help us on the screencasting side and also learning the podcasting side and giving us some of the hints, tips, and benefits that podcasters can also use from the world of screencasting and video. So before we get started, Lon, to have our audience know who you are if they haven't, we've got a lot of podcasters out there that probably are going to get into screencasting right now. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? In other words, uh, what you did before in corporate or, or public sector America and include your role, in, especially in screencasting, with the, the two general products that you, you feature. Sounds good. Well, I'm a 35-year veteran of the computer industry, actually. been doing this quite a while. And I spent the last 10 years of my professional career as a senior engineer with Microsoft. That was basically the decade of the 90s, which was, you know, pretty nice time to be there, quite frankly. And I retired from the corporate world in 1999 at age 41. Uh, two words there, stock options. Thanks, Uncle Bill. So that kind of led to my uh, kind of love and interest of the Internet being, you know, around at such an exciting time at a big company where all of this was kind of being forged and whatnot. And while at Microsoft, I spent a lot of time focusing on the visual presentations and technical presentations and incorporating multimedia quite early on. Uh, I was actually one of the first folks to use the product known as PowerPoint. I've been using it since before it shipped to the public. And I was just fascinated with the aspect of being able to do a presentation visually. And then I thought, boy, if we could just like record this, then that would be really kind of a handy dandy thing because I wouldn't have to give the same presentation all the time. And that's kind of what got me started in what's called screencasting. In other words, capturing that which is on your computer screen uh, to video for later viewing. And when I retired, I'm an engineer by heart, so I stayed pretty connected to technology. And I've been working with online video and online video marketing since about the year 2000. So it's really just been a passion of mine. And I found uh, a lot of good techniques and things like that. And now I just kind of basically take that which I know and teach others how to do the same kinds of things. Right. And you've got 
basically three websites that I know of right now that are pretty general, but uh, they're websites that you either own or co-own, and you do your instruction there. One is called ScreencastStudios.com. Another one is Screencasting for uh, Profits. And the third one, of course, is LearnCamtasia.com. Can you tell us a little bit about each? Well, Screencast Profits was basically my first product, and it's really just about how to use the concept of screencasting as a profit-generating kind of content tool. And it's a collection of top tips and tricks and things like that. It's not necessarily a step-by-step program on how to use some of the software like Camtasia or PowerPoint, uh, like you mentioned before. But it's really more of a strategic kind of a thing, a manifesto, if you will. And that was done in 2000, oh, 2007, I guess. And I'm currently redoing that from the ground up because a lot has changed since then, obviously. And Screencast Studios is what I call a resource site. So there's lots of tools and techniques and tips and templates and tricks and stuff like that. Uh, Resources like music, um, graphics, and things that are useful in creating video content that I thought, well, if I could just collect all that stuff into one kind of resource site, that might be interesting. So I kind of got that going. And then Learn Camtasia is kind of my flagship product at the moment. And it is basically a collection of different products on how to use the Camtasia software itself. But again, a little more strategically, how to do the proper planning to achieve the results that we want to get from whatever our, our goal is in it. And then some complementary products there, how to use PowerPoint to create presentation style videos. And uh, just again, I have a coaching program there also, where I have weekly webinars to help folks with all of their questions on screencasting on creating screencasts. And I do things like critique their videos. Uh, We have a private Facebook group to interact with other screencasters and we record all of this and currently we have like 157 episodes if if you will on all of the top tips and tricks and answers to questions from people that they have about screencasting and presentation style videos with PowerPoint. Right and not only did have you done the weekly coaching for those 157 hours because it's usually an hour to an hour and a half long but you also give away some free materials that help people through tutorial based training a couple of them are what you call uh, the screencasters toolkit as well as tutorials on audio and tutorials on video that anybody can have they don't have to sign up for your program they can just get them and learn camtasia.com right absolutely You've got one that's called, uh, I think, the Screencasters Toolkit. It's available for download. And then you've also got one that's called Acing the Audio, which, as a podcaster, I thought, you know, I, I know this stuff. Audio, to me, is something I've been doing for nine years. And yet, when I went there, I found a really a couple of good gems there. And I said, wow, this is something that is, is, uh, is what a podcaster really needs to listen to, to to sharpen his skills. And then you've got one for the video, which happens to be the 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 text the terminology as well as everything for video for the novice right yeah it's called video settings in plain english and that just kind of arose out of need that if 
you're familiar with any of the kind of technology, when you go to look for things that, about video, you'll find, oh, all kinds of really icky technical detail on MP4 specifications and bit rates and data rates and all that good stuff. And to make good videos, especially for delivery on the web, you got to kind of know what that stuff is. But, oh, my gosh, the explanations and things like that that you find everywhere just are more confusing than anything. So I decided, you know, the heck with that. Let's go ahead and just create something where I can explain it all in plain English so people at least have an idea of what those things are and why they're important and then the things that they need to be concerned with and the things they don't need to be concerned with to, again, be able to deliver their video content effectively over the web. Right. Aspiring screencasters and aspiring podcasters or aspiring new media content creators. That's something they should definitely go to because they always have the same problem. When they ask a question, you have to go into the explanation. And then they have this this glazed look in their eyes saying, "Uh, excuse me, I didn't understand what you're saying. Mainly because people have are talking in something other than plain English. And I've gone through those courses and I was surprised to see how much good content and value. And you give it away for free, which is something that I think is a mantra of yours that you're always giving away value to your customers. You're not necessarily always hoarding the the value of what you create for them, but you want to help them along so that they can be good screencasters and podcasters. And that brings me to the next question, Lon, which is screencasting is something that you you like, either creating video with PowerPoint and then moving it over to Camtasia to finalize the screencast. But you got interested in podcasting, and you find out that there's a synergy. Please explain to us this interest and the synergy that you see with podcasting and screencasting. Well, I think what it has to do with, it boils down to basically, as a video content creator, what I really am most interested in, of course, is attracting eyeballs to my content, you know, so that I can teach people that I can establish that credibility, trust and rapport with them. And then if they're interested in learning more from me, then I can very comfortably go ahead and offer products. To me, it's just a way to kind of sell without selling. You know, my basic take is to educate first and then the selling part becomes easy because too many people out there, I think they try to sell on the internet to make money. And, you know, selling's hard. <laughs> but what's not hard is to just share that which you know with people in a very genuine and straightforward way to provide that value. And certainly screencast videos do that. So I want to distribute it out to as many people, as many eyeballs as possible, so that they can consume that content. But the thing that kind of interests me here, of course, is that podcasting is a whole nother platform. It's a whole nother audience. It's a whole, uh, instead of eyeballs, it's a set of ears. Okay, so eyeballs and ears essentially to me mean audience and the people that will be consuming my message and my training and my courses and my products. Uh, so anything I think that lets me reach bigger and more interested audiences is really something that's kind of uh, fascinating. So the natural fit there for me, since primarily screencasts contain audio narration, which essentially, 
if you break it down or just think about it even, is the audio portion of my screencast content. And that's pretty much what podcasting is all about. So if I can take my screencast videos, which already have audio in them, and then break that out and distribute it to a whole new world, then I think that's going to be uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so you start in as a subject matter expert, and we go through the four stages. Your expertise as a subject matter expert, then you become a problem solver with the courses and the solutions that you provide and sell and then you become a trusted advisor because through your coaching program people listen to what you say you're the EF Hutton for Camtasian screencast when you talk everybody quiets down and listens and and they they take heed for what you say because usually you're giving that from experience not just from any kind of material that you've read about in other words you actually go through in your coaching program you say let me show you how it works and you demonstrate it in front of them in a format that is recorded, obviously, as a screencast and a video, so that they can look at it later on. And after you become a trusted advisor, you uh, then become the fourth stage, which every entrepreneur wants to become, which is a thought leader. And I think in the world of screencasting, you are definitely one of those. For me, I look at podcasting as something that I've done for eight, close to nine years. I, I've done audio podcasting. I've stayed away from video podcasting because when I first got into it, it was way too expensive, way too difficult. And even though my undergraduate degree in college was TV and film production, and I know a lot about that, and I know exactly how expensive and how time-consuming it was, I chose to spend my time in audio podcasting because it was a lot more fun. You know, you have the intimate listener, and you have the intimate viewer on screencast, but you have the intimate listener with those earbuds, and you've got that that listener totally focused on what you're saying but you give him the mobility that he needs in other words he can do things he can be out on the lawn he can be in the gym working out he could be uh, traveling in a car listening to the audio in his vehicle through the speakers you give him the mobility and the freedom of that while at the same time able to consume your audio so that's why I liked it a lot better and so I chose to go into a part-time entrepreneurship and then make uh, podcasting a revenue generating a platform for me and let me just say that a podcast does not create a business for you automatically and generate revenue in other words if you build it they will not come unlike that movie field of dreams if you build it and you promote it they may come and if you promote it and you sell as part of your marketing mix your products related to the podcast as a tool then they may buy and then if they do buy then if you follow up with them and nurture them and still give them value, then your customers will come back for repeated sales, either in screencasting or podcasting. And so that's, that's the way I look at it, uh, Lon. That's the way I came up with it. So when we talk about screencasting as a career or part-time career, you actually had uh, some training that you gave and some advice to some of the podcasters in your uh, coaching program about screencasting as a career, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because there's quite a need for these kinds of things out there and since you don't have to worry about all the complexities of video that are traditionally based in cameras and lighting and you know all of that good stuff and quite frankly a lot of folks don't necessarily like to be on camera you know it makes them very uncomfortable and they kind of have a hard time getting over that hurdle and with screencasting basically we're doing presentations we are doing demonstrations, and it's really kind of a, a liberating 
kind of a deal. And quite frankly, it's uh, very effective, yet very inexpensive to get started and basically build, you know, a fully functional video production studio for, you know, a few hundred bucks as opposed to some of the other investments that are necessary with cameras and all that good stuff. Right, because uh, in the world of screencasting, as I've seen from my experience in dealing with your coaching program as one of your students for the past three or four years, I've seen that you can have a, a nice presentation with slides. You can use that. You can also use B-roll or what is called documentary or footage or raw footage from other sources as live motion video. You can also do live motion video if you want. Somebody else is maybe talking as a talking head, maybe a testimonial for 30 seconds. And you can also include screen captures as a demonstration because basically I can look over your shoulders and see everything that you're doing on the screen with the mouse movement as you are explaining to it so it's an intimate type of demonstration you can put them all together and make a nice compelling screencast that has visual engagement visual entertainment visual demonstration and most of all a compelling visual call to action which is something that podcasting does in a way they have call to actions at the beginning middle and end depending on how you structure your podcast episode but with these, a screencast can actually deliver it in a more visually engaging area. The only problem is that because it's visual, you have to be fixed for a certain amount of time watching it. And then there's issues with, you know, the size of the files and the bandwidth. But it's visually engaging. And so as a content creator, uh, I wanted to go briefly into this next segment, uh, Lon, that we talked about before earlier. I'd mentioned to you that in 2011, all the way to 2013, there was a big movement. And remember, the blogging community was very interested in all this new media coming out besides blogging. And so we tried, as podcasters, to get bloggers to become podcasters. It was a big theme in the new media expos and the conferences that were out there. And then, now, in 2014, we've seen a lot of the bloggers come over. And they've got podcasts of their own, and they like it. And they increase their audience by 20, sometimes 30%. And now in 2014, we're on another movement to get podcasters to become screencasters, and vice versa, to get the screencasting community interested in podcasters, as you said, because a lot of the work has already been done and because some of the skills are complementary and overlap. So uh, the, be the benefits of this type of synergy, you stated it early, Lon, the audio is very almost done and it's got very little effort to reuse it and repurpose it in your case you actually did it with a case study that we did uh, in the july august of 2014 time frame for a podcast movement 13 minute audio episode that i did you turned it into a screencast right uh yeah i did and i thought that was just kind of an interesting exercise uh, almost kind of reverse engineering what it would be for a screencaster to take his video that contains audio and export the audio but this was just kind of going in the other way and i think that the biggest benefit to that is that audio in and of itself is content in fact even in the video the audio represents pretty much the basis of the content the video part is really just putting visuals to the audio aspect you know, so it's the content, it's the words, it's the story, it's the instruction, it's whatever is said that gets shown in the video. It's the visual, the visual message and the audio message. It could be the same in both screencasts and podcasts. In this case, it was the same, and you actually created the screencast content. 
And so it's complementary to what we were using, and you repurpose it. By the way, for our listeners, you can actually see this 42-minute tutorial and explanation and deconstruction that Lon did and how he built this, from this 13-minute audio episode, a screencast that was 13 minutes in length, obviously to cover the audio, because we didn't change the audio at all. All you did was add the screencasting elements and made it a visually compelling, visually entertaining and a visual storytelling of the message and that's the important thing Lon right you always focus on the message yes and that's I think one of the things that some people will just kind of miss the mark on is especially with video they think they have to do a whole lot of Hollywood extravaganza kinds of stuff and special effects and things like that when in reality clean and simple are much more effective visually for the most part. And it depends on what testing you look at and things like that. But uh, certainly it's, it's actually easier to create something that is clean and simple than it is to try to gum up all the works with all kinds of fancy, you know, whirling, twirling, spinning graphics and things like that. So the nice part is that since the audio content is already there, putting visuals to it in a clean and simple way is probably the best use of one's time uh, from the standpoint that you don't have to deal with the complexities of being complex. And I, I just would recommend to folks, to, if they go to look to do something like this, to keep it simple, right? I, in my coaching program, all the time, we get new students, and the first thing I have to do is calm everybody down a little bit especially when they're working with something like PowerPoint because they want to load the boat with all kinds of animations and spinning transitions and things like that. And what we find is that things just look more professional and they look cleaner and better if you keep it simple. Because here's the thing, video is a double-edged sword. It can make you look really good or it can make you look really stupid if you don't pull it off properly. So you can look like a pro or you can look like an amateur. And depending upon your skill level, that's kind of where they fall into play there, right? I mean, I might be able to pull off a little more advanced animations and stuff like that because I know how to do it and I know how to do it properly. But to just for the sake of animating, you have stuff flying all over the place, it's just not good design. And it's not what people are used to seeing, you know, if you watch it, people are used to consuming video that they have been watching all of their lives. And you will rarely see these kinds of, you know, special effects and things like that when professional videographers create their content. So it's, you know, just a little bit of education uh, on the part of beginners, especially, that kind of needs to be done there. Right. Uh, I've always been following what you say because you try to get the students to basically live to your maximum that says do not use exaggerated animations and transitions just because you can use it with a purpose use it to tell the story or get the message across but don't do it just because you can now Lon when we talk about say a podcaster going over to learn screencasting skills the skills he needs are very complementary to podcast editing uh, in the area of like new extensions syncing up the video uh, learning how to create visually compelling complementary content like what you did and the new skills are rendering the audio which is very much like encoding an audio uh, and rendering the video that is and very much like uh, f 
encoding the audio and publishing the screencast, which is a little, a little bit different than what we had for audio publishing, but uh, very much complementary. But there's a, a couple of things, the new skills and the benefits. The benefits for a podcaster, uh, besides extending the audience in new ways, like going to YouTube, is he can also generate revenue streams because he can now go to a place like Udemy.com or create premium content. And uh, there's a hidden benefit in Direction 2, which is later on, he can extend his reach to go to a wider audience, which is a mobile app. And so for a screencaster, Lon, from your point as a screencaster, uh, you know, by getting the audio, like you said, can you tell us how they can get the audio, what new skills are going to be needed that are complementary, and what's the hidden benefit and direction for screencaster to get into podcasting? Well, so you want to know what the benefits or what the elements are for somebody with audio to bring that into screencasting? Right, the new skills. And, right, okay. And, and, then gotcha. what, and what's the hidden benefits they get out of it? Well, the, you know, again, since the audio is already there, the additional skills are really, gosh, almost a matter of a little bit of creativity and learning a couple of other simple tools uh, to, and then using some additional resources to be able to find the visuals and things that make sense for the audio. Uh, one of the things that I'm working on in our project, Fred, to make this as easy as possible is I would like to have a transcription of the audio portion of the content. And the reason I want that is because I can look at the written word and I can almost visualize what I might want to show right? And it's just so much easier to scan through and kind of pick things out that, oh, gosh, I probably need an image that looks something like this because I'm talking about it here, than it is to listen sequentially through an audio file and then try to put it all together. So I think that's going to be uh, one of the biggest things that are going to be useful and helpful. So as I kind of scan a written document, then my next task is to kind of find visuals that go along with that. So for that, I have resources that I go to that I can search for imagery and things like that. Uh, Presentermedia.com is one of my favorites, and there are a number of other tools and resources that I use to do this. And then primarily, unless there's going to be like a demonstration of some type, I'll just uh, start whacking it out in PowerPoint and laying out the outline. And then, like I say, based on the content, the audio content, which I can see, I will start to collect images and then just make it as nice and clean and simple and big and bold as I possibly can, because there's a lot of good design techniques that we would use in something like PowerPoint. And people, you know, a lot of people get the wrong impression about PowerPoint because, you know, they're used to seeing, oh, corporate presentations with tons of bullets and... Uh, and the know, eye chart. Yeah, <laughs> the and eye the, chart. exactly, things like that. But in today's world... And there are lots of resources to go to get inspiration on what a really good design looks like. And a lot of times, I will just kind of mimic something that I find on something like slideshare.net. 
There are tons of just beautifully designed presentations there that are really easily duplicated uh, for me to just kind of take those design elements. So I guess one of the other skill sets there would be a little bit of creativity, but that can very often be fostered by a little bit of inspiration and just something to kind of get you started. Because one of the big things is, you know, when you open up PowerPoint, you're looking at a blank piece of paper, basically. And, you know, things like templates that are out there that I can leverage. And I think as I kind of build my reverse-engineered podcasts, I will end up with templates in PowerPoint that I can reuse. For example, the the uh, prototype session that you talked about just a minute ago that we did as a project, I now have that PowerPoint template. And it quite literally for episodes or content that is similar will involve me going in and just modifying it to reflect the new audio content. Mm -hmm. One of the things too is for a screencaster, they get new skills in being able to not only create the audio in a different form and encode it, but also placing that in new directories like iTunes. It's a whole new experience for them because they can have different directories. It's not just YouTube anymore or any of the video sites. It's now the audio sites for podcasts, which enters a whole new world. They also have to deal with something that could be a, a very welcome opportunity, which is the mobility-enabled, the dead time-enabled space that audio gives you. So you, you, you not necessarily don't have to force your listener to be watching a screen and held hostage to it because he's watching a video or a screencast. He can be doing other things like, you know, going to the gym, working out, driving the car, that sort of thing. So that, that's a new benefit for them. But let's talk about one thing, Lon. For both the podcaster and the screencaster, there's a new direction and a hidden benefit. And that is, what do you think is one of the most highly volatile and one of the, the best searched directories in the world for content? It's app stores both on the iOS platform and Android platform all the other platforms like the Windows platform the app stores the mobile apps has more visitors and more searches than do any of the directories for video and audio including YouTube so uh, because people know how to do that now so if you have a podcast if you have a screencast that can be uh, just like the podcast turned into an app or included in an app now you can extend your reach and the cost of doing the app is very minimal now compared to the way it used to be it's not difficult because now different companies will do that for you for a very very small fee and this, the fees basically are just the hosting fees and also you got to pay either Apple or uh, Microsoft or the Android platform you know you uh, Google you got to pay them for the license to have the app which is minimal you're talking about you know $25 one time $100 a year that sort of thing depending on what platform you want so I, I'd like to have your perspective on that Imagine taking your screencasts and promoting them because you could have in an app video, you can have in an app audio, you can have the same audio you have as a podcast, you can have the same screencast you have on your other sites, you can put them in an app and now you've got a revenue generator at 99 cents, $1.99, $9.99, $19.99 or if you just want the audience reach you can make it free. What do you think about that Lon? Well, I, I don't even know if there's much to say about that. It, it's a complete no-brainer to me. It's uh, there's not a lot of perspective to be had there because it's just such a compelling thing in and of itself 
that it's one that I'm really excited to kind of take a look at and to start working with. And like I say, I, I can consider it to be just, it, it's a no-brainer. Like I said, it's, it just has to be looked at because it's that compelling. And anytime, what to, I think that one of the things that is important is to be always looking around and finding out what is going on and where things are happening. And, I mean, if you and I were to have this same conversation in early 2005, we would find that a little site named YouTube didn't actually exist at that point in time. But It was, my, it was MySpace at that, in those days, remember? <laughs> oh, good grief. I remember it all. So it, it, it really just begs to the point that things happen really, really quickly. And early adopters certainly have a few of their own trials and tribulations, but the benefits over the, and I'll call it the long term, but the long term in internet time is, you know, like a year, maybe, <laughs> to latch on to things that are trending, that are obviously, so obviously, just going to have that mass appeal. And a lot of people, you know, they, they wait a little bit, longer than maybe they should or than than is beneficial to get in and to start working with these kinds of things so this this aspect of the apps is uh it's huge and i think we're we're totally going to jump all over that right and so now we've been discussing why a screencaster would want to get podcasting skills and why podcasts want to get screencasting skills and we've seen the benefits of the synergy with the new skills and the hidden benefits and directions going all the way, not only for increasing their audience and getting a new channel, new platform, but also going into the direction of a mobile app, which would definitely get them not only the exposure and, and, and audience growth, but also uh, maybe a possible revenue generation of a revenue stream. Uh, and we've, we've talked about these, but let's, uh, let's just take it all in, Lon, at this point in time. If I'm a novice or an aspiring podcaster screencaster uh, and I've been doing it maybe for a little while and not really versed in it and I want to get into both platforms where would I get started for instance where would I get started if I'm a podcaster want to get into screencasting well I think that certainly there's information and things out there uh, our courses for example really focus on the strategy and the tools and the techniques that you need to get started. And, you know, I mean, there are, there are some pretty good training courses and, and whatnot out there, but I think that one of the best skills that initially podcasters, for example, would want to kind of look at is this idea of presentation-style videos with PowerPoint. Uh, for Mac folks, you could use Keynote, which is an equally awesome tool. But really, just it, it would be very simple to just get in, listen to your content, or like I say, even better yet, have it transcribed. Uh, get one of these software programs, PowerPoint or Keynote, and just take a stab at it. You know, like I say, there are they're very easy to use, and learning your way around the tool just a little bit will go a long way to be able to kind of uh, take that which exists and twist it into, you know, some visual kinds of content. It, it's really not rocket science, 
by any stretch of the imagination. And of course, they can always go to Camtasia, which they graduate to, in order to create the final screencast in whatever format that they want, uh, whether it's uh, a Microsoft platform or not. They can create it in uh, WMV format, MP4, and they can then later on add some full motion video or some screen capture or some B-roll, you know, types of footage. They can s start adding that to actually make the message more compelling, and that's that's where I think they want to get. But there's a problem with this, Lon, and the problem is that if you go on the internet. Uh, there are plenty of courses that teach you about Camtasia, about PowerPoint. And if you go there, it's going to be hours and hours of instruction. So it's the same thing as, let's say, you want to learn how to drive a car. You just turned 16 in your state. 16 is the age you can start driving. So you want to take lessons, learn how to drive a car. The only thing you can find are, are courses on... They tell you how to become a mechanic, and you got six months to learn it. Well, you don't want to become a mechanic and learn everything about the car. You just want to learn how to drive. And so the question is... What what kind of education is there, or could there be, for those who say, look, I'm a podcaster, I just want to know, from a podcaster's point of view, if I'm already an experienced podcaster, how can I become a screencaster and, and get to make screencasts that are compelling, visually engaging, and call to action successful in the shortest amount of time, and vice versa for the screencaster? How, as I, a screencaster, how can I then become knowledgeable in the area of podcasting, get those skills without having to go through you know, the, the 70 hours of training it is to know everything about audio and podcasting. Well, I think that the need for that is certainly there, and that's one of the reasons you and I are kind of working to streamline that, uh, because there is a lot of potential complexity and a lot of potentially confusing mixed message information out there. I think if you look to somebody that's actually doing it, then what you'll find is that that is the basis for getting things done practically, okay? Because there's a lot of folks out there that might, in very general terms, be able to tell you how to do certain things, but certainly somebody that actually walks through it and walks the walk instead of just talks the talk, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Uh, one of the best ways to really make the best use of your time because there's a lot of information out there, uh, but I think the need for this kind of specificity is really kind of what we're excited about, Fred, and that's why we're putting this kind of thing together. We're going to make available courses that are going to be called Screencasting for Podcasters and podcasting for screencasters to give that knowledge in a very short amount of time with screencasts we'll use the, the exactly what we're what we're showing the people to get into screencasts that could be replayed so that you can know exactly if you're a podcaster how to get to be a screencaster using everything that we just talked to you about and how do you become a, a, a podcaster from a screencaster both of them so these two types of courses are going to be helpful if you're interested in these courses are going to be upcoming so we'll have more information on that in future episode uh, in the meantime we just wanted to welcome you and have you get to know lawn and what screencasting and podcasting can be as beneficial for somebody in uh, as a content creator in new media and if they want to get into this why should they get into it we basically giving you the benefits and also how do you get into it well you need some education some training and then you've got to know the certain things that we talked about the new skills that are going to be required on both sides of the equation you as a screencaster going into podcasting and you as a podcaster going into screencasting and I think between the two of us Lon, we will be able to provide that with 
key and valuable knowledge and education and training that they will find very useful to get them in the shortest amount of time up and running and get those skills so that they can then create this new content, engage more of the audience, go into new platforms and new channels, and uh, therefore extend their reach and maybe generate some revenue. Well, hopefully that's the goal, and we're going to lead by example because that's really the only way to get it done. Now, let's before we sign off, we'd like to uh, let, let you know where Lon and I can be contacted. Lon, you have something that they want to check out the types of things you've done. Uh, what are some of the contact information, some of the sites they should go look at? Well, you can certainly go to learncamtasia.com and get some of the resources and things like that that Fred mentioned. It's free stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm readily accessible there as well as on Facebook, of course. Lon Naylor is my Facebook name. And then I think screencaststudios.com is also another good resource site that when you start to look at the kinds of things that you're going to want to need, you will be able to find things like music, beds, uh, graphics, and all kinds of tutorials and things like that that will help sharpen your skills. And I think those are the two that we'll uh, kind of kick off with here. And uh, when they graduate to the point where they actually want to get into screencasting if they're a podcaster, I would highly recommend for them to go into your coaching program because it's available on a month-to-month basis or for an extended period of time if they want to get a discount. But it's something that they should look at. We're not going to try and uh, tell them anything about that. They should just go inquire about the uh, the screen coach, uh, the screencast coaching series and uh, see about that because I think that's what's going to help them to sharpen their skills. Now, for, for myself, uh, I have gosh, seven, eight podcasts now. <laughs> and the, let me tell you, the, the two or three that, uh, that are general, my flagship podcast is called Struggling Entrepreneur at www.strugglingentrepreneur.com. And I interviewed Lon, gosh, close to a year and a half ago when we were just talking about him as an entrepreneur and his story. I also have the Podcast Reporter. It's www.podcastreporter.com. And this particular podcast, which is called Skills in Screencasts, and podcast.com. And if, uh, if you want to get in touch with me for this particular topic, I think you could just send an email to skills in screencasts and podcasts at gmail.com. Or you could contact me at uh, the podcast reporter by sending an email to the podcast reporter at gmail.com. So those are the two ways that you can get in touch with me, and you can listen to any of those podcasts that you want. But in the meantime, for this particular podcast, go and if you haven't listened to them, go listen to episodes number two and three. Episode two will have the tutorial from Lon Naylor about podcasting for screencasters, and that gives you the deconstruction of how he took an audio podcast and made it into a compelling screencast with a good message and a good story. And episode three happens to be my presentation of screencasting for podcasters that tell them how they can also generate revenue by going into screencasting. These two, depending on which side of the of the fence you're on right now, can give you some background information and maybe from there you can create a plan to go and to increase your skills. And also by subscribing to this particular podcast, you'll get every episode at the moment that it's released once you subscribe to it and we'll be able to steer you into a better direction next time. Tell you more about the course which is called Screencasting for Podcasters and Podcasting for Screencasters. Lon, before we uh, leave, do you have anything to say to our audience right now, the screencasters and the podcasters? 
Well, I think that uh, I'm very excited to kind of look at how those two fit together and as a screencaster expand into podcasting. And I'm also pretty excited for the podcasters out there for another opportunity to extend their audience and the mobile aspect of the apps like you mentioned are things that i am just on fire about and i think uh, we are going to have a really good time laying a lot of this out for folks because we're going to be figuring it out and refining it and learning it and then publishing it out for everyone to take advantage of so that to me, is a very, very interesting project, and I'm just happy to be part of it and looking forward to connecting with everyone and seeing how we can all kind of get this done and excited to see what other folks come up with uh, always. So, boy, I'm uh, just happy to be a part of it. Okay, and for all of you who are listening right now, uh, please be advised that we are going to give you more information about the courses and about training. And as usual, we are definitely going to follow in Lon's footstep because we provide additional added value every place we go. So look for these free tools and tips and hints, both in podcasts and in screencasts that you can get that will definitely provide some value for you with every episode that we publish from now on together. So Lon, thank you very much for joining us. And I'd like to thank our audience for joining us as well. And we will see you in the next one. Hope this was beneficial for you. And so from skillsandscreencastsandpodcasts.com, we'll see you next time.